Also, uh, Lane had an issue last week. Uh, uh, was it last week? Oh, we're getting there. Don't don't don't, don't jump ahead. We're getting there. Don't like. Okay. I got, I got, okay. Okay. Well, that I grouping. I got week two, three, four, and five here, Gar. Don't, 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 don't. Uh, look, I know you like to go early, okay? But you got to, got to build some stamina. I know you like to go early. <laughs> it's just going to be the curse in your bat. Okay, keep going. Absolutely, I know you get too excited, Gar. You need to learn to breathe, understand your sensitivity points, and you know, just calm down. Okay, that's how you. That's how you end up going longer. Okay. I just so, got to steal my GFL shot with that. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> GFL, the Garfather of Fantasy Football Leagues. Created from the pre-internet mind of Garland Levitt, with stats tracked on college ruled paper taken directly from an artifact called a newspaper. The GFL has stood the test of time, becoming one of the largest and most passionate leagues in America. From podcasts to fantasy pros, there is never a dull moment for those brave and cool enough to take on its challenge year in and year out. For over a quarter of a century, the GFL has annually brought together friends while breaking many hearts along the way. Now steered by the steady commission hand of Matt Handy, with continued support and assistance from its namesake founder, one thing is certain, a better fantasy football league does not exist. Welcome to the Better Late Than Never GFL Commission Recap Preview Podcast number 42. I'm the G-Force of the GFL, the former Kamish Garland Levitt, along here with the gravity of our esteemed 18-team, 28-year-old league, who holds it all together, Matt Handy. And Matt, as you know full well, even though this is supposed to be a podcast about our league at large, our mutual narcissistic carnal desires typically default each episode to our own ongoing (laughs) fantasy football needs and issues. One of my favorite GFL Fantasy Football Weekly podcast traditions in what is now our third season is to queue up the Star Wars Imperial Death March to open the show during the week that injuries have either crept up or totally overwhelmed one of our squads, which doesn't take much in an 18-team league. And Matt, you're the lucky, you're the lucky winner this week with uh, <laughs> Kyron Williams now joining Nick Chubb on the shelf for you for at least the next four weeks. This seemed like the ideal week to rub salt on your GFL injury wounds. Apparently, Matt, like an old married couple, I am exerting way too much influence on you as we both drop the podcast ball royally this week and have been anything but punctual getting this episode recorded recorded with one excuse after another until before we knew it, it's Saturday afternoon now and we are just mere hours away from, I guess, probably recording our next podcast. And from all the NFL games beginning in earnest tomorrow. As you can imagine, Matt, when you have the 170th ranked and rising fantasy football podcast on Apple that grew another 3% last week from 81 to 82 unique listeners, we were inundated with loyal listener, that is singular, contacting us wondering when this episode would be released. So let me speak directly to Kevin Dowrimple and say, 
We hear you, we feel you, and we won't let you down. Matt, kind of like the GFL and fantasy football in general, it sure wasn't easy to make this podcast happen this week, but we persevered and here we are. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, Gar, it's good to hear your voice. Uh, I haven't heard of your voice in about 15 minutes, so it's been lovely. Uh, yeah, what a week, man. Uh, you know, I've had... I mean, I'm, you haven't I'm, heard this, my voice since we did the first intro about five minutes ago. It's not exactly. This is take, this is take number two. Okay, but <laughs> no, I, it's been a hell of a week. Honestly, I'm not disappointed about having a record on Saturday. I'm more disappointed about missing Conspiracy Night on Thursday. Is where I'm really more disappointed about. Um, which I I talked up so glo- so glowingly. I think it was like a week or two ago about how Conspiracy Night's a gar a sight to behold. Uh, Joe Hamby's been to multiple of them, in, you know, in a past life, you know, that he's, that he, he's told us about all of them, but, uh, no, it's been a, it's been a hell of a week just work wise and trying to make schedules work with you because, you know, you getting late is probably the worst thing that's ever happened to this podcast. Cause now we got to figure out certain dates that you're not going to be getting late on apparently to get this thing all worked out, you know, but I yeah. know, and that was one of the real downsides of the whole evening was, and, and Matt, I guess, I don't know, like, I was very disappointed you didn't show up. You were so excited. I mean, is there a I know. conspiracy that you even wanted to go uh, to begin with now? Maybe, yeah, we, should, I, maybe I was... we should delve into that. But yes, uh, you're, our biggest GFL, our newest biggest GFL groupie was very disappointed you weren't there. Yeah, I, I, I imagine so. And then I, uh, I'll, well, you know, we'll. We'll uh we'll make I'll make it up to uh to all the people at Conspiracy Night. <laughs> it was such a letdown for Matt. Matt Matt Krennic was there, really nice guy who you met before, and I was like, Hey yeah. Matt, and she's and she's like, Oh, there's Matt, there's Matt. I'm like, No, that's not the Matt you're looking for. Nope, not the one. <laughs> no, not the one. I'm unique in all sorts of ways, okay? But no, dude, it was killing me, man. I was at work and I had some I got this thing thrown at me. Like I was walking out at five four. Actually, I wasn't even gonna go home. I was gonna go straight to your house and just chill there for like two hours basically right because madison ended up having a dinner and she took harlow too so i was like okay i'm free i can go just straight to gars i don't have to worry about it you know watch the game for a little bit um have uh have everyone come over and you know whatever it was gonna be awesome so then i got this thing thrown on me at like 5 45 i'm like okay hopefully get this done here within the next hour right well lo and behold i look up and it's like 8 fucking 30 i'm like oh my gosh what is going on here and i wasn't even halfway done with it yet because it was one of those you know how you get tedious work sometimes it just takes forever to do you know and well, Matt, in my 10 hours a month i work i mean i totally can feel it oh yeah sure. <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> i think i put in more hours in this per month than than that <laughs> you're the epitome you are you're the epitome of white privilege okay <laughs> but it's uh and you know, i feel it, guilty about it that's why i go for such a good tan all the time i, I know it must be but then you know i i didn't get end up getting done until about 9 39 i have tan i have tan guilt bronze you, tan you, guilt. you are very tan actually you're like donald trump or sometimes you know what i mean like you are you are but mine's mine's real matt mine's real <laughs> yeah okay sure let's go with that one gar it's it's real when you fake bake it or or is that right or, or no <laughs> no i i truly bake it out in the sun and man uh, this houston heat dude woo! you wonder well, why you, I'm so skin- you wonder why i'm so skinny at least you utilize your 300 dollars a month lifetime fitness um what is it uh your membership for 300 dollars a month that uh certain someone that used to be in your family did not utilize whatsoever okay no, hence so, the 14 training sessions i'm still trying to get through exactly, exactly. <laughs> i prepaid uh, for i know but like like, is, this, it, like this jew is gonna leave those unattended to no, no, of course not you're to. probably trying to you either were trying to get a credit for those back to your account or you're going to utilize those altogether. you know but 
it was nice to uh, it was nice to see Kevin uh, send a message asking about the podcast. So we know that people are it's you know you're it's it's burning in your loins, clamoring, clamoring, you know, for 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 these for these podcasts to come out. Joe Handy liked it as much as Joe Handy doesn't want to be talked about on this podcast. Well, when your team's doing as well as Joe's is, you're going to be talked about. All right, so that's oh uh, no, he had a whole segment dedicated to him last week. Did you ever he hear did. from Janowski and Joe if they enjoyed that? Because not even our text thread did they say anything. I haven't heard it because our text thread's been so inundated with Astros this past week for good reason too. I mean, last night was. Oh man, what a what a! I'm still trying. I'm still I'm still coming down off that high from last night. To be honest with you, you know, I mean, just incredible. But I probably watched that home run probably about 50 times today on different different YouTubes. And Robert Forge got an unbelievable call uh, on Sports Talk 790 when uh, when Altuve hit the hit that home run. So I'm still kind of dealing with that. But yeah, we I haven't heard much. I haven't heard anything about him. Uh, this week, as it pertains to that little bit that we did with them, maybe I'll, I'll reach out to Joe. I'm sure, and, and he'll give me some. You know, he'll, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll give me his feedback or something like that. You know, Matt, we recorded last Monday, so it's been literally almost two weeks since we've done a podcast, and so I was listening over, <laughs> listening, listening over to it, uh, listening, listening it over uh, before the show today. And we were talking about like game one of like the twin series. I mean, it seems like a whole lifetime we're... of Astros baseball has <laughs> happened since then. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. We're going to, we, it's been almost two weeks since you we recorded, but we're going to get two done in about uh, 48 hours is what, is what the plan is right now, which is going to be great. But uh, I think I'll just stay here in the GFL studio. I'll just sleep here for the next time. Might as well. Really but no you know, you know, you know what it is, Gar? We know there's not a ALCS game tonight. So we're going to, we're going to keep the entertainment going. By getting this out tonight, so everybody can listen to the podcast starting around probably seven o'clock tonight. Well, that's, Isn't that's that crazy? Idea. It seems like forever ago. Also, I went to the first two games at home and uh, am now not allowed by our GFL text for the no. attending game six. <laughs> you are naughty. If if I hear you show up, I will drive to I will drive to Minute Maid Park and forcibly remove you from uh, from from Minute Maid Park. I'd like to say y'all are making me a scapegoat, but there could be something to it, Matt. Before we were friends, there was a time. And some of the older people in the league, uh, Stephen Polakoff, Grawl, some of my, uh, not that you don't feel like it, we've, we've made up for lost time the last 15 years, but some of my older friends, Matt, quote unquote, will remember there was a streak in the uh, late 90s where I lost, and the Rockets were very good that, that, at that time period, but I went to uh, seven straight losing home playoff games. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was oh, at least Lord. six or seven, so there is some precedent for this. So I will definitely not be attending tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I know. Joe asked or posed the question in our side thread with all of us. Uh, you know, with you, me, Joe, and Janowski about who's going to Game Six, and um, he asked if I was going, and I said, and I, and of course, I'm not going because the only game I went to this year was Presley blowing a seven to five lead in the in the top of the ninth against the Orioles. Serves you right for not coming to, to meet us, Matt. I know, right? Exactly. So I'm not I'm not even stepping close to Minute Maid. So I've got my I've got my orange shirt, my orange playoff shirt I wore last year. I've worn it the last three the last three days during the games and we've won each one of them. So it's get being washed right now. It's ready for tomorrow. Okay. So we're, we're, why are you waiting, Matt? I'm in my orange speedo by myself in my office right now. That seems a little creepy compared to anything else okay you're in your orange speedo i mean it sounds like you're about to rub one out or something like that car that's what it's i mean like. i think the guy at the front desk was lucky that it was all the lights are basically <laughs> off because i walked in he didn't even bat an eye so if it was, a, need... monday, if it was a monday instead of a saturday he might have 
so you have you have or had the Borat mankini, right? The the bright yellow or neon one. You need to get an astro orange mankini is what you need to get. Okay, that would be beautiful. If you yeah, could, if you the, the, the Borat was just a rental. I need to make a real purchase. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. But guys, let's get actually enough enough baseball talk. Guys, let's see. We're hitting 12 minutes right now. Um, Here's what we're gonna do, guard today. We're we're gonna Matt. There was a, one other thing I wanted to talk about that we talked a little bit about off air, but I think uh, the rest of the listeners would want to hear. And I want to share some additional information with you on them. We'll we'll get into you know actual fantasy football talk on a fantasy football podcast. Sounds good. <laughs> Let's do it. So, um, you know, with it being Saturday and all, uh, we kind of have to shoestring and improvise the show a little bit more than usual. You know, since our prima donna unpaid producer intern John doesn't work weekends because he's so entitled, Matt, we allow him. That wouldn't an asshole. We have a total Halloween type of skeleton crew uh, helping in instead. So that's what it takes to get this podcast, you know, up and running. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe today wasn't the best day to invite the executives from our sponsor, Ronco, the industry leader in home sex change kits, into view this massive GFL studio operation we have going. But since we are drawing ever closer to the beginning of the month and their next ad run with us, it was now or never, Matt, to meet with them uh, in person to plead and secure for our financial solvency so we can keep the lights on around here. So wait, that wait, you're telling me, what'd you say, Matt? You're, 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 t- you're telling me Rufus and Mary made a, made a trip down this weekend? This that week was, week? that was a couple of years ago. So let me, let me just, let me just continue here. That oh, I'm high, sorry. Okay. that high two figure a month, uh, month to month ad buy they provide us not only as you know, covers our overhead, uh, but as you know, as an added perk, we also get privy to learn about their newest, cutting edge product lines. Wow. Matt, I know I'm not supposed to reveal what happens behind closed doors, but you are really in for a treat after the show when we meet with uh, and wine and dine these Ronco people uh, on their ad spend dine with Subway sandwiches after the show. Pat and Megan, our favorite non-binary Ronco reps, they came last year. You're talking about the people from two years ago. but oh, I'm Pat sorry. And Megan, yeah. Pat and Morgan, excuse me, are back. Uh, the Ronco reps are back in town, uh, albeit a little, little travel lag after their three-day bus trip from San Francisco. But I'm sure you're just as happy to welcome them back as me. I'm probably not supposed to spill the beans on what the R&D department at Ronco is up to, Matt. But I just can't help but reveal to their adoring GFL public that if the gourmet Subway sandwiches we will treat them to were not good enough, Pat and Morgan are also going to show Matt and I the prototype samples of their two latest product releases for 2024, the Ronco Multi-Hole Dildo and the Ronco High-Powered Vibrator. Matt, I'm sure you would agree these two products should be great for them and us to continue to spread their inclusive and empowering message with two products that really complement their flagship home sex change kit perfectly, don't you think? 
I do. I do agree. You know, I, I'm sorry. Rufus and Mary were a couple. Rufus is out of town this week. I forgot about that. He's not available. There's those She's are moved those, up to more of a corporate executive role. So that's why we get Pat more. He did. Ma- I think they're Mary's the lower level over, executives. Yeah, I think Mary still oversees this department, but Rufus has really moved his, has 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 shot his way up uh, in the Ronco uh, the Ronco world. But there's um, a lot of pressure but, to go full non-binary with this department, so that's why they got Pat more. Yeah, they. I I assume. I, I mean, of course, they took a bus ride down, but I assume it was an electric electric vehicle electric bus is that right or oh, oh absolutely absolutely i mean it's yeah. all about it's all about saving saving the environment exactly and the multi-hole with dildo electric train batteries that are really bad for the environment so it's all about yes. that the the multi-hole dildo is fully is biodegradable as well correct or no oh of course of absolutely course. okay great well you know then if that's it's the got case, at least a three-month shelf life before it really starts to erode the environment so that's what we're looking for that's true. I mean, especially with the fecal matter that's going to be on that thing as well. You know, we'll be, uh, you know, it'll be actually it's, it's for fertilizer at the same time when you have fecal Sounds matter. Sounds very biodegradable in, in the form you're talking about. 100%. 100%. I'm, I'm very excited for the multi-hole dildo. I'm even more excited for the high-powered vibrator. Uh, you know, I, I just can't get enough of these inventions that they continue to come up. They are the pioneers of the not only the home sex change kit, but just the home sex kit in general. I mean, this this is this is... This is, you know, butt and vagina shattering news is what it is. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I mean, they are cutting edge. We're cutting edge. So it's always been a great marriage. You know, Pat and Morgan, being the generous people they are, Matt, have not only offered to give you and I free sample of the dildos and the vibrators, but have even offered to conduct a free demo on us so we can really understand the full benefit and value of these two new product rollouts for 2024 so i'm kind of excited about that after the show i am all i am all in literally all in okay so we are uh, i'm ready to go i i you know i i would prefer if pat does it to me as opposed to morgan morgan can be a little <laughs> little 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 intense at times i need a little more i need a little more you know tlc so pat's usually usually better at that no, Morgan's got the handcuffs ready, so I'm, you know, that's my, that's my, that's my person. You got your person, so I think we're good to go with them. Absolutely. So hopefully, Allie and Madison don't have an issue with that. But you know, it, this is all for the show, so it's really not like anything bad. It's just all for the show. Well, I mean, they, they, you know, they need to be supportive. I mean, they need to be supportive of of our profession and what we do in our jobs. So they do. You know, uh, my my new lady friend Allie. I mean, she she just wanted to make sure that. Uh, it was all documented. We got a video, so I'll make, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure that happens. At least for me, if you give your authorization, um, she's open to that as well. Yes, yes. So, yeah, we, we don't have to sign it. I'll docu-sign it over to her make sure we're good. Okay, good. Well, she is an attorney, so, yeah, she kind of yeah. wanted that. Wanted that. Yeah, yeah. We should make, sure the, make sure the language is correct for us, you know, and then we can go from there. You know, Although, Every word of it matters, too, so we'll make sure uh, she reviews it. We can review it, too. I'm still concerned about the fact that you had to coach her how to read, so that's that's an issue. But we'll, we'll <laughs> Hopefully it's gotten better in the last two weeks. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, man. I mean, the thing is, she reads so much. I was just trying to give her a break, Matt. I mean, doing what she does. I'm, I'm just trying to help the poor girl out. That's I mean, reading the alphabet just to understand the letters, so she finally gets a grip on what she's trying to read. Is not classified as reading; it's that's more memorization. So, hopefully, she can actually read sentences and stuff like that. That'd be great. <laughs> oh man, yeah. What you didn't hear in her bit was I was literally mouthing the words to her as she was doing it. So it sounds like it was just her, but I was there helping out the, the entire way. Oh, so so not only it's, can it's she, more, not- it's it's my controlling personality, Matt. So let me get this straight. Not only can she not read, she can't think for herself either. Is that right? <laughs> oh, man. 
no, I mean, it's all, it's all just about being supportive and, uh, you know, it's all about the show too. I had to make sure the show, uh, the bit for the show was exactly where we needed it to be. So Gar, it sounds like you were mansplaining the bit to her. I mean, do we need to talk to HR and get this situated? Because it sounds like you're mansplaining everything and that's not right. We don't do that here in Gar. We're, 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 we are inclusive of all different walks of life. Okay. And I don't think that the, the non-binary, you know, Pat and Morgan would appreciate it if you were mansplaining everything, you asshole. Okay, so you need to get your shit together. Guys, I think what Matt's basically saying is, you know, uh, the, the podcast will happen. and I'll probably be okay next week, Matt. But um, I think, a, you know, what you're saying is, I mean, a suspension could be in order for me uh, sometime yeah, but, in the next couple of weeks. So I got to enjoy my time here while I have it. Here's the problem, though. It's kind of like the White House, right? So... You know, we could get Biden there. Biden could be removed, but then we have Kamala Harris and nobody wants that. So if I remove you, I've got to deal with John and I don't want that either. So your your, your job security guard is about as safe as anything. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you know, the fallback is Joe. So uh, and that brother rapport, I don't know if we could beat that. So that brother rapport would be you solid. may never you may never ask me back after Joe guest us in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But the problem is Joe's got about five minutes a day to really spare. So our podcast would be, you know, I don't think you'd probably not listen to it at 1.75. You'd have to probably slow it down and listen to it at like negative five, just to stretch it <laughs> out a little longer, you know? Oh man, yeah, we won't have these uh, long. It won't be a long form hour and twenty minutes with Joe. Is what you're saying? No, and it, it definitely won't be this twenty one minute bullshit back and forth that we've done either. So it's been great, actually. Now you know we've we've had to make up. I haven't really talked to you much in the last couple of weeks, to be quite honest. I've texted with you a little bit, but haven't really had a chance because I've been so damn busy. But I'm uh, I'm definitely excited to get moving on this one though and start talking about some fantasy. For sure, football. man. Especially since I mean, with this last conversation, the first fifteen minutes were great. I'm already warming the hot water because I feel like with uh, my lady friend, I could have gotten myself into a little bit with uh, the direction we were going with that. But like, other than that, it's been a pretty good 22 minutes. I mean, look, if you have to coach someone how to read at age whatever she is, you know, and uh, if you have to, you know, if you have Be to... Be a gentleman, Matt. We don't talk about ages. No, and if you have to, you know, actually tell her the words to say, meaning she can't think for herself or... She might not know how to, she she might not know how to talk. Matt, let's be but, real okay. though. This is a this is a Jewish girl, so the one thing she doesn't lack on is verbal skills. Uh, that's actually a very good point. So <laughs> if that was if I that mean, was the we're case, joking around and all this, but just to get reels. I think you just mentioned you were joking around about us. So they always saved yourself later when she listens to the podcast, and that, I, and that way you don't get yourself in trouble. I think that's what you mentioned. But anyway, let's get to football, my man. So we got things let's to do it. here. We have uh, guys. We are in. Where are we? Are we week seven? Are we entering week seven right now? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, oh week- man, week seven going on. I mean, it feels like. I mean, we put a lot of work in this podcast too. I mean, it feels like we're on at least twelve or thirteen. But yeah, I think we're just at week seven. Week seven. So guys, we are going to take a two week, um, a two week not trip per se, but we're going to do a two week review essentially. We're at the mid season report cards. I can't really believe it's already mid season, but we're getting there. We're going to go over the VFC today. Okay. Uh, we're going to do it a little bit differently than what we've done in past past years. In past years, what we've done is we've kind of gone over the team, seen how they're doing this year, and kind of give a report card based on what we had initially uh, initially said we were going to do, or excuse me, initially the grades that we gave uh, in our in our previews for the year. Okay, but this year, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and still review the teams and make sure, but we're going to kind of see 
you know, from the, of course, the brilliant mind of myself and Gar, which, which of course we know everything there is to know about fantasy football and what everybody should do, right? Um, we're going to go, <laughs> of course, of course, our information is always That's correct. why we're here and they're there, Matt. That's, we always talk about that. What's our, what's our, are we, what, are we like 2% correct on all the stuff we say? Maybe. Is that what we, we get a gem every once in a while and everything else we miss. Is that pretty much what it is? <laughs> I think we're 2% correct at least 2% of the time. Exactly. So that's perfect. So we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> 2% of the time it works every time. Okay. So let's get it. <laughs> Something like that. But we're going to, uh, we're going to go over the teams. We're going to say where you went right, where you went wrong, and what you should have done. Okay. Now, you listen to us, you don't listen to us. Of course, you always listen to us. But, um, you know, this is our opinion, obviously. So if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. And that's all I have to say about that. Okay. And, Matt, we'll get a let, we'll get, we're doing the VFC this week. I'm sure you're about to say. Right. And we'll do the GFC next week. So we know right. the GFC is going to be much faster because we don't have to go through our two teams because we know we drafted perfectly. So that kind of will save some time next week. Actually, wouldn't it be the flip though, since we're so narcissistic and this podcast is really about us, we'll go really quickly through the other teams and then just talk about our own teams for the next hour. Is that kind of how it would work? No, I mean, you didn't even let me finish. I'm always the one to interrupt you interrupted me. That'll be the following week, Matt. <laughs> That's right. The whole show That's will right. be dedicated to that. That's right. So we're actually doing a three week, a three week uh, bit on this one. But we're doing. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, Let's go ahead and look at the draft, guys. So, uh, in pretty much the, the big surprise of the uh, of the draft lottery was Ruggles. I think he had like fifteen, maybe sixteen names in the hat, something like that. Ended up getting number two, and he drafted his first. He drafted his own team. I think this might be his first live draft he had in what maybe five years or so, something like that. And yeah, I think in what he's probably been here you know, since fourteen, so maybe nine years. I think he's maybe done only uh, three or four total live drafts. Okay. Uh, okay. So, you know, and, and to be honest, it's kind of funny how his live draft, and I think we mentioned this prior to, uh, you know, I think we were doing the, re- um, the preview, is how his live draft kind of mirrored his, his, uh, his auto drafts. You know, it was kind of really, really something uh, kind of crazy. But uh, so far, Josh dealt with a lot of injuries so far. He's 1-5. in five. Uh, His point totals, though, yeah, they're pretty low. I mean, honestly, he's 505 points right now, so he's tied for lowest in the league. Uh, well, I'm by like .1 points. Uh, with your brother, so he's he's struggling like uh, I mean, unfortunately, Josh, I love you, man, but he's struggling like usual, you know. Except when he plays me, usually he ends up doing pretty well. But um, I looking at his draft, he's got first. I really want to look at probably highlight the first seven, six or seven picks. So we, first round, you got Eckler, Debo, Fields, Damian Pierce, Marquise Brown, Gerald Everett. Okay, those are rounds one through six. Okay, so we're looking here at. Running back, wide receiver, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Okay, um, Gar, what do you? I mean, Eckler has been injured this year. I think that's a big part of the reason why he's been down because he he was injured for what four weeks, three weeks, something like that. Yeah, and then, he came back last week. And then Debo's been gotten really beat up, and Fields might as well be injured with how he's been playing for the most part this year. So, what do you like about this draft? Um, I don't know if you have it up in front of you or not, or if you can access I do, yeah. it. But mm-hmm. what do you like about his draft, and, and and what do you what do you think he could have done differently? Yeah, I mean, I actually picked Ruggles to make the playoffs, so I thought he did a good job drafting. I mean, I don't like Fields. No one likes Fields. It's like Lamar. We don't like him as a real-life quarterback, but fantasy quarterback, he's just been very mediocre this year. Uh, Debo, uh, 
I was all over him. His over-under for receiving yards was 700 or something. So he's still on pace to shatter that. But he's just been so banged up. Always does get banged up, it seems like. Plays some running back, which I don't think helps him, even though he's pretty damn good running back. So <laughs> he just hasn't been consistent. Eckler's been injured. Uh, Pierce, the Texans' offensive line's been in such shambles. And there's a mental problem, it seems like, with Pierce. So the last couple of weeks, Singletary's shown a lot of life. So he's just not what he was. Marquise Brown was probably pretty good value in the fifth. Gerald Everett's just a whatever pick in the sixth. I thought Sky Moore would be a good pick in the seventh. He wasn't. And then it just kind of goes down from there. So it really does. Playing playing Saturday afternoon quarterback is what Matt and I kind of said we were going to play here. <laughs> just doesn't doesn't look like a good draft. Honestly, it probably wouldn't have done much uh, different except uh, not drafted uh, Everett when he drafted him. So just didn't. it's one of those drafts that just didn't work out to me. You know, what I would have done personally speaking with this one is I would have gone that, you know, what he looks like he starts off with is that hero hero RB um, draft strategy, right? Josh Eckler at number two. Thought that was a little, I, I didn't love the pick. I thought, you know, no matter what, you still got to ch- take a chance on McCaffrey. You have to, okay? Because McCaffrey is essentially a fantasy cheat code. It's two players in one, essentially, right? So, but I don't argue with the position that was taken, right? Running back, I have no issue with that. Um, even though I think um, the, what the general consensus coming into this season was that running backs were uh, were washed up over the hill. But if you notice, everyone who's got good running backs this year is really doing well. You know, I mean, you know, let's look at uh, let's look at um, what is it, Mike Wilson? He's got uh, who does he have? He's got Bijan and he's got I think Ken Walker. They're doing great for him. And Mike's what five and one now? I think four and two, something like mm-hmm. that. So, yep. uh, look at a guy. Look at. You know, um, there are other guys, too. Let's look at Troy, for example, okay? Troy's got Pacheco who's having a great season, okay? He's also got uh, Derrick Henry. He's doing Derrick Henry kind of things, you know? And, of course, you know, you've got your two running backs who are doing what you expect them to do, okay? You're, they're not getting you 20 points, but they're not getting you two, you know? Mm-hmm. So things like that, okay? Um, the Where I would have done – where. Uh, where I would have gone differently if I were if I were Josh or if I were Ruggles is I probably would have gone quarterback in two. Okay, because Debo would have if Debo's there at the end of two, if he's not, so be it. But instead of getting Justin Fields, who a lot of people were touting as the Lamar Jackson, as like the twenty seventeen or twenty nineteen Lamar Jackson this year, which he's been so far from that, okay, and now of course he's hurt, he could have picked up Justin Herbert at the beginning of at the end of two right and herbert's having a really good season so i would have that's what i would have done and then i would have pushed wide receiver to three uh no issue with running back at four maybe maybe i do have an issue with that i think you could have pushed that down maybe one more round to five okay i don't know if we would have known that we just didn't quite know how much running backs were going to be pushed down i think at that point of the draft that you could start seeing it but you could see why he did what he did well, that's why we call it Saturday morning quarterback car. So, because we know what would happen now, you know. But, <laughs> you know, I personally probably would have gone quarterback. We can't all be two. Joe, you know, where he's no. able to, to know the future before it happens. No, Joe knows the future. Joe knows these drafts before we even have them. So, Joe actually, you know, Joe hasn't complained too much this year. I think Joe knows he's going to win the fantasy championship this year. So, he hasn't really complained too much this year. You know, I mean, it's funny when Joe asked me about, you know, Pickens versus Gibbs versus somebody else on a weekly basis because I always give him my opinion. But in the back of my head, I'm like, Joe, you already know what's going to happen. Why are you asking this question? You know? And so Matt, I- people are probably wondering, why are you talking about Joe like this? And so I don't know if we should say this. I mean, we have our 83 listeners. I'm sure we have uh, Apple listening to our every word, Matt. But no, yeah. uh, just to tell everyone, no, Joe is 
and has been for a long time. You never retire from it, right? So he is a CIA yeah. operative. Yes. Um, he founded Project Pegasus, which is a big time travel experiment. And Absolutely. So, Matt, I mean, how can we think he's still not doing it, you know? And I think it's amazing that Joe is a person where he just doesn't win the league every year. But um, that would just be too obvious, and he can't blow his cover. So No, he really can't. I, I actually applaud Joe for taking about eight years since the inception of the GFL to actually win his first one, you know, to kind of give us all a shot. But uh, for guys who don't know, uh, Project Pegasus is Joe's baby. He was actually a, a participant when he was younger. Project Pegasus along is... With, uh, along with Obama. Obama was part of it, too. Sure, let's go Yes, but, but like uh, like other men do, he knows him intimately. He does. Yeah, I'll let you talk about that. Okay, and then, uh, <laughs> that's all I want to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Joe Handy uh, is a time traveler. He knows what's going on. If you actually look at some of the uh, time travel photos, there is a very glaring one: a guy in brown. Uh, I think it was a brown jacket, black shirt, brown pants, and some sunglasses. And if you don't think that's Joe Handy in that photo, then I don't. Then I will fight you. Okay, so Joe has been doing time travel for years, okay, and he knows exactly what's going to happen and when it's going to happen, and it's just evident that that's the case. So anything time travel related, Project Pegasus, uh, which is a huge undercover time travel conspiracy uh, that is actually true, obviously, because Joe Hayden mm -hmm. told us about it. Yeah, we have you know, Joe. We have the source. You know, Joe's been to Gettysburg. You know, Joe's been to a lot of different <laughs> places, okay, and uh, he won't really tell us the exact details because... I think that's actually kind of, you know how like fraternities, you can't tell the exact details of Rush or something like that. And there was exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's this had is time travel of, hazing. He can't tell us about. Yeah. It. This is kind of how that is. So, uh, Joe, one day we'll get it out of you, my man, but until then keep a, you know, keep that DeLorean going. Okay. But, uh, anyway, hey guys, so, we don't know for a hundred percent that Joe wins the league this year. We just know 99%. So we need to keep trying for sure. And Joe might actually bench someone for no apparent reason, just because we're starting to get on to him and he wants to, you know, kind of, you know, trying to dissuade us a little bit from what our actual thought process is. But uh, as it relates to Ruggles, though, I don't really have a major issue with this draft. The guys that he selected, I probably would not have selected personally, right? Just because I don't love Damian Pierce. I don't love Debo uh, just because the stats I read on Debo earlier in the season, or excuse me, earlier in my research. But in terms of the actual draft itself, I would have flipped probably two and I probably would have pushed up uh, quarterback to two, running back to three, and probably would have done four through eight straight up wide receivers. Probably would have done because Gerald Everett in six is almost a waste of a pick as a tight end, unless you just really wanted a tight end right there. I think you could have gone with like a Brian Robinson Jr. Um, or actually, where are we are, so end. So he's end of six. I'm sorry. So you could have ended up going with like a, you know, a Romeo Dobbs. You could have gone with. Um, you know, a Javante Williams, you could have gone with, you know, a Laporta if you really wanted to get a tight end, you know, I take a, take a chance kind of more or less on that. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. overall, overall, don't have a huge issue with Ruggles' draft. Just don't like the players itself. But in terms of draft strategy, not a huge issue. With it. You don't so, have an issue. You just don't like any of the players. I, I no, it wasn't. I like the positions that he did. I just don't like that. I think that, I think the players selected um, could have been better, but you know, I get a lot of, you know, but if you look at it, a lot of people were high on Justin Fields. I think a lot of people were high on Damian Pierce as well, you know, but I, um, I wasn't crazy about uh, both those guys. I think he could have gone with Herbert instead and then, you know, maybe gone with like a Brees Hall. You know what I mean? I think that would have been a better pick for Josh um, as a, or Dobbins. You know, I know Dobbins was injured and that, that's, I mean, I don't really take that into account in terms of picks. I think that could have happened, but you know what? What's done is done, and uh, Ruggles is one in five. And uh, of course, sorry, Josh, been 
Eckler has been injured, and injuries definitely, you know, bend you over uh, when that you happens. You know, for this week, I know we're not talking about this week, so Fields is injured. Yeah, uh, I know. Tyson Badgett is the backup. And supposedly he's a running, <laughs> excuse me, quarterback. Um, he should probably be in there. He has Justice Hill in there uh, this week. So this is another of, like, questionable managerial decision. If you could play a quarterback, you want to play it over a Sky Moore and Justice Hill. You know, they're not even guaranteed 10 points. So I mean, like. They're playing Las Vegas, Matt. The, the Bears at home this week. Good weather. I mean, he should be playing the quarterback. Dude, I've never heard of this guy, Tyson Badgett. Badgett I even spelled his he name wrong. He played last week when uh, Fields went out. 10 yeah, of 14. I, went 10 of 14 for 83 yards. Where did he go to college? Uh, had, a, had, a rush, had a rushing touchdown. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'll look it up. I never did hear of him until last week either. I didn't Dude, know his, his college was the Shepherd Rams. It's a D2 school, and he's going to play in the NFL for his first game. I would no. I don't disagree with Ruggles playing Justice Hill at all. I really don't. I mean, and of course, now that I say this, Badgett's going to go off like thirty points this week. No, okay? no, no. I'm but, saying, uh, and let me look at Sky Moore just to know for sure. Yeah, I would play him over Scott Moore. I mean, Scott Moore's done absolutely nothing. So yeah, you can play right. Hill and and Badgett for sure. Right. But anyway, that being said, um, you know, Ruggles uh, has been struggling. But you know, again, as I mentioned earlier. But let's move on to. Let's see, we got Peckers, Steve Janowski. We're going to Kevin. Kevin, I know you and I were really high on Kevin's draft to start off with. Okay? Yeah, I was just concerned about that quarterback, which has come back to bite him a bit, and Cooper Cup's initial injury. Those are the two things that really derailed him uh, For sure. somewhat to start the year. So, well, Gar, why don't you take? Why don't you? Why don't you go ahead and take this one, and I'll go ahead. And, why don't you start off with your analysis, and I'll go ahead and finish him up. Okay. So, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, and I mean, he's, it's a good draft. I mean, he started with Cup, who got injured, and. Uh, you know, I would, if I was in that spot, I would have gone Hill. I was glad he went Cup, but, you know, they're kind of interchangeable at that point. Devontae Smith was a good pick in the second round. Think about Devontae. It's like any wide receiver that's not Cup, that's not Tyreek. He's going to have his off weeks because he's got A.J. Brown opposite him, and he's got a run-heavy offense. So that's the only concern about Devontae. Yeah. Uh, Etienne's had a great year. I mean, really. I mean, he's getting a lot of volume. He's starting to catch the ball again. Great pick in the third round. Was not high on Dotson. He has not materialized. I was high on Miles Sanders, who has uh, gotten some run, but he just hasn't done much with it. Uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba has had, uh, I think, a couple moments in certain weeks, but really hasn't done much. Nor did Quentin Johnson, uh, nor did Mooney, nor is, you know, he waited till the ninth to get Bryce Young. And so that's that quarterback position has been a problem. So uh, it was just kind of an up and down draft, as it turned out for Kevin. I mean, he's a good right. drafter. Just one of those things that just, it, it, it hasn't been his year yet for these players to materialize. Can he still compete and get close to the playoffs in the BFC? Probably. But, um, you know, I don't know if he still – no, he dropped Shahid, which kind of was a mistake too. Shahid's had his moments too this year. He drafted him in the 13th. So I was really big on Shahid as a, as a, as a keeper pick. As like, like a New Orleans, uh, you know, they've been kind of mediocre the last couple of years on defense. Man, they're playing well. So that was a good defensive pick. Yeah. I, you they, know what? They, they killed me when I played him. So, you know, he beat me this year. So – Mm-hmm. Only so much room to talk about how bad this draft is. <laughs> let me let me ask: Would you do you agree with how the positions laid out? You went wide receiver, wide receiver, <laughs> back, wide receiver. So he's got three wide receivers and two running backs in the first five. Oh, actually, no, I, there wide- needs to be a quarterback in there, right? I mean, that's yeah, in there, yeah, that's what I think. You know, but here's the thing, though, right? Is that Lamar? You took Lamar right before right before Kevin's pick in round two. Okay, so. Joe Burrow had the well-documented calf injury. Then the other, oh, then you got Herbert and Fields drafted after that. But after Herbert and Fields, you're you got Lawrence as like a I think he's like a fringe tier two quarterback basically. That's pretty much all you got. So you've got Burrow, you've got Fields, Herbert, and Lawrence. Do you think he just didn't 
do you think he wasn't sold on those guys and decided to punt the position till the end of uh, till I guess it looks like round nine or or what do what do you think? Happened? With Lightning, Kevin, it's just a lot of it is just I think some uh, GFL drafting because they're both good drafters. Bravado, they think they can right. wait on quarterbacks for that long. Uh, I did for years, and uh, you know me, you've kind of helped me instill some more urgency to draft the quarterback. So uh, I, I could see Lane and Kevin finally starting to get around to that next year. Yeah. So I don't disagree with Kevin's overall draft strategy if he decided that it's kind of like the tight end position, right? you got to draft the quarterback by the sixth round, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I agree with that. I think if you're going to punt on the quarterback, which is totally a viable strategy, right? I think you're punting on quarterback till around five or six. That's what I personally think, okay? If you're punting on quarterback till nine, which I think is what he did, yeah, Bryce Young was his first quarterback drafted in nine. And so now what you're seeing is that uh, you're going on hope that Bryce Young turns into some uh, some star, right? Which which could happen, but you know it hasn't so far. Okay, and so that being said, you're seeing Kevin. I know he tried to trade me earlier in the season for Cooper Cup for uh, he wanted Josh Allen, right? And that's when Cup had four weeks uh, four weeks of IR, and I just couldn't do that, you know. And it's one of those where if it's me, I have no issue with him going with. Um, uh, with Cooper Cup and Devonta Smith, but you know, after that, you're gonna you, you gotta draft Lawrence coming back in three. You got you gotta draft him basically. You you know, and I get punting on ETN. So what personally, looking at this, I would have moved ETN maybe up to two, right? Drafted Lawrence at three, and then saw and and then basically you've got one, two, three, and then coming back in four. Mike Evans was he took John Dotson ahead of Mike Evans, right? And uh, I would uh, personally I would have drafted Evans, even though I wasn't high on Evans in the draft. If he's there at four, you got to take it. So Dotson's um, had one double digit point game, Matt. Just that's it. Well, I was huge on John Dotson in the pre research, and every other person, every person I had read was massive on John Dotson. I just didn't think John Dotson was a worthy pick until five or six. Personally, that's just yeah. just yeah, I thought it was early, uh, young. He's actually showed some life in the last couple of weeks, but if it takes till week seven or eight to start getting some value out of your quarterback because they're a rookie, I mean, you got to have something else there. Right, right. So, you know, but here's the caveat though: Kevin's a really good draft. He's a really good fantasy manager, and he's done. You know, and I know he's two and four, and but he's had a lot of injuries he had to deal with too, right? And he just has. So, um, you know, let me look at something here with Devonta Smith. Like Devonta Smith has done. I mean, he's done Devonta Smith kind of things. This guy's like Tyler Lockett. Some games he's great, sometimes he's not. You know, I he's had just two two duds, and he's had well, he's had three good games, one decent game, and two duds. Yeah, exactly. So I think what I probably would have looked at, as opposed to going Devonta Smith, who you know is the number two, right? You know, AJ Brown's going to get his, okay? Um, and you know, Jalen Hurts is also going to rush the ball and get his as well. You know, what I probably would have looked at. Is let me see how he's done this year in, in retrospect. I think I would have looked at DK honestly because DK was taking one or two picks after him, and I really would have looked at probably DK first uh, as opposed to going with uh, with Devonta Smith because DK is the clear number one, you know. And and granted, um, DK is playing with a far less superior quarterback than 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 Devonta is, right? But um, probably would have done that. Uh, had I, you know, if Kevin had to do it over again, that's probably what I would say to do. But, you know, it, the what I think would probably would have been his best option is taking Etienne, moving him up to 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 second end to the end of two, 
taking Trevor Lawrence, putting him in three, and then going wide receiver heavy mm-hmm. uh, all the way down. That's probably yeah, what I would that, would, probably. that would have been working well. I mean, it would have been a little overdrafted at that point of Etienne, but, man, he's definitely uh, returned that value. I mean, Matt, I mean, one of the best run- – I don't know what where oh, he makes yeah. him running back. He's got to be top three or so. He's I mean. um uh, As of right now, let me look at our ranks, how we're doing here. Well, I mean, uh, he's had three straight games over 22 points weeks. with another 17 and 21 points. He's only had one game under 10 points. Yeah, we're looking here at running backs right now. He now, is, remember he's played an extra game because he played on Thursday, but um, he's a top th- he's a top three running back right now. Uh, and McCaffrey's number one. Believe it or not, Mostert is number two. Okay. I, I do I do believe it. Just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, and then you <laughs> got Miami offense. Then you got uh, ETN number three, Kyron Williams number four. Uh, Matt, you never you never commented on my imperial death march with your injuries. Yeah, I know, because I'm, I'm still I'm still smarting right now from all that injuries that I've had so far. And Graw Graw feels my pain. Okay, Graw and I are we're in this together, brother. All right, we're in this together. So yeah, right. I mean, Graw um, did not get a great start on Thursday against against me either. I mean, you never no. know what could happen. He could beat me, but I'm in definitely in good position this week at least to start out Sunday for sure. So, uh, Kevin, good draft overall. You're 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 you know obviously struggling a little bit with uh, two and four, but. Uh, he's starting around in the health, and Cooper Cup's definitely going to help him out. So I, I think Kevin can make a run here. Uh, that's just the changes I would have made, personally speaking. And, of course, whatever I say is correct. And remember, also looking at Kevin's draft, he uh, didn't draft a tight end until the 10th. So he put a quarterback and tight end. Uh, we, you know, we've been talking a lot about sex and holes the last few weeks, Matt. But, you know, I feel about holes as far as the GFL. You've got to plug those holes. Kevin's been a hole plugger for a lot longer than you have, Gar. Okay, so let's give him some credit here. Okay, he didn't take oh, he yeah. didn't take seven months off for he didn't take seven eight months off for no freaking reason. So well, we we went to camp together, so I know he's got the machinery for it more than I do to plug those holes. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> All right, moving on to Ryan Levy, your brother. Okay, <laughs> Clip so. of the week next week, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no question. <laughs> it probably will be. <laughs> you already know what you got going on there too, and I'm sure Kevin's gonna be pumped that. He's highlighted for plugging holes okay so, <laughs> but uh anyway and 82 I, 82 other people hear all about it <laughs> oh i know right all right so we're looking here at ryan's team so he started off with cd lamb naji tyler lockett madison and joku and got Derek carr in round six so we're looking here wide receiver running back wide receiver running back tight end and um what do you call it in quarterback okay so uh, he also has Nico Collins, great pick in seven, which I don't know how much he's been utilized, but great pick in seven. Uh-huh. So what do you think, uh, you know, from the, from where we're looking more here at a draft strategy perspective and we'll get into the players obviously who have not performed, but what do you think, uh, what do you think it is? So how, how, how do you look at this draft so far? Ryan, um, does what I'm okay doing when you punt quarterbacks. He waited until the sixth round to get caught, mm-hmm. which I, I like. I like that. And he drafted Mayfield in the 10th. So he made sure, you know, Ryan and I kind of draft similar in that way. We're going to make sure we have depth. We have the positions filled. So, uh, ba- Baker's been good, so he's got a decision each week now with Carr and Mayfield. So that, that turned out to be okay. You can be okay with those quarterbacks as long as you can fill in elsewhere. Uh, I'm starting to realize, Matt, while you you were kind of high, at least to start the uh, preseason on Madison. I mean, shoot, he's got the same name as your wife's, different spelling. So I think you, you were subconsciously a little no, biased on that because I, I never just, liked Madison. I, I just don't, just doesn't have explosiveness. I just don't think he, and he hasn't been very good this year. No, 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 no. I was high on Madison initially. Like we're talking about 
at the end of last year when we found out Dalvin Cook was going to be replaced. But the more I research I did, dude, I went I got off that train a long time. You did. I'm just saying early in the preseason. We first kind of started talking. Though you look at his points, Matt, and he's averaging, let me do this real quick, 18, 35, 45, 50, 60. He's averaging 11 or 12 points a week, so he's been okay. He's been okay. Uh, in fact, he's kind of, now that I look at it, returned the value, but I just – it's not sexy. It's a total Ryan Levitt pick. You know, he drafted C.D. Lamb over Diggs. You're talking about not a sexy pick, a Ryan Levitt pick. That's one right there. Kind of like your draft last year, Najee in the second round. Yeah. Lockett. Lockett you wouldn't draft, but, you know, he's just so hit or miss. Madison's not a world beater. Neither is Joku. Neither is Carr. Neither is Mayfield. I mean, really, Nico's the best pick. So we didn't like the draft to start. Uh, maybe the positions were okay and the strategy, just the execution wasn't there. So that's exactly what I was going to say. I think the positions-wise, he is fine because he filled his starting roster, right? I probably wouldn't have done that, okay, personally speaking. I just filled the roster. But look at – I mean, it's really just – he just missed on the players. Like Najee Harris wouldn't have taken Najee that early, right? Definitely wouldn't have done that. Getting no Um, pass-catch work. Warren's getting all of it. Yeah, and I would have probably gone Ramondre or – I mean, hell, Etienne or Ramondre were available – for him to go ahead and take, but he ended up taking Najee instead. Couldn't, you know, can't get on board with that. Um, but don't have an issue with him going wide receiver running back. That's fine. Okay. And because if he had gone wide receiver running back, wide receiver grabbing a locket and he's coming back in three, he could have ended up picking up like, um, let's see here. There's a DJ Moore, Drake London, of course, the, the world beater, Adam Thielen. Um, you know, you got Deontay Johnson, you got. <laughs> Wide receivers that way who get more volume than Lockett does. You could have picked that guy up. And then getting Madison in four, actually he's returning about fourth round value. Based on the <laughs> he pick. really is. Now that I looked at it, uh, yeah. I was going to bash it, but I, I can't. <laughs> so I don't have an issue with this strategy. It's the ex- it, it's just the players. It's the execution. That's the biggest issue, right? So once we get, you know, once that's situated, uh, you know, and sometimes you just miss on your players. That's going to happen, okay? I mean, it just is. So uh, Ryan, sometimes, you know, Ryan's one of those managers some years i think two years ago he was the highest uh had the most points in the league right and went even close okay and then this year uh yeah he's struggling but i don't i don't knock the strategy at all you know what i mean like i don't have it i mean yeah so no margin for error he's not a good late round drafter he doesn't put in the research so he's got to hit those early picks he didn't this year you're right though he's just had the foresight uh to draft adam thielen in the second or third round like troy talking we'd be talking differently of course he would. You know, I think I probably though, if I had to make one nitpicky thing on this, I think I would have moved quarterback up to five. That's probably what I would have done for Ryan. Okay, uh, but because um, it was a one, two. Three, I don't think he would have gotten too much of a different player than Carr, though. You know, I think you know go. if he goes if he goes to five, he could have drafted Jared Goff, and that's gonna be that would have been a big time. That would have been a yeah, big, yeah, yeah. I would take Goff over Carr for sure. Yeah. So I, I think he should have switched up five. Uh, five and six in terms of quarterback and tight end, but what's the, what is the Joku? You know, he's like a Gerald. He's a, maybe a slightly better version of Gerald Everett, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So you know, not a you know, not the greatest move right there, but overall strategy, no complaints. So, all yeah, right, look, 10, 60, 26, 30. So basically, uh, the Joku and Everett average the same amount of points, six yeah. points a game, which is hard, exactly. which is not, and, and, not, not good. From a fifth round draft pick on your tight end, you know, I know the tight end run went early this year. But you're probably hoping to get, I'd say, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but you're probably trying to get an extra two, three points a game out of the guy, almost a 10, right? And so uh, look at a guy like, um, you know, Evan Ingram was in four. He's doing, he's actually great. He's doing really well. Vermouth has been hurt most of the year, but hopefully if you get a guy in, you know, in five, you're probably looking at, um, 
you know, you're probably looking at, you know, hopefully eight points a game, you know, maybe on the, on the, you know, on the off occasion, he goes off for like 15, 16, but in joke, it looks like he has no chance of even, even going off you know, for anything. No, know? and who knows when Watson's going to get back in there. And so yeah. he wasn't yeah. even that great when he was in there. So exactly. Know. So, all right, let's go with the, uh, let's good go keepers with- though. He's got Kincaid who could be a good keeper and Mayfield. So he's got, he's got a couple keepers in there. So that's yeah, I would, I'd probably look at Kincaid as opposed to Mayfield. Yeah, 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 for sure. Actually, Miami defense is pretty good too. So 12th yeah. or 15th, there was nothing, but actually he drafted Lat Murray in the 15th round. who's uh, almost splitting carries with Cook. So yeah, but Latavius there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little something in there. Yeah. Latavius Murray's, uh, I, yeah, I, I, so I'd say for a 50th like, round pick, I mean, God, in a pinch, the guy is viable at this point. Right. So. I guess I'll give you that. But, you know, sure. I, You know, you're, you're pretty much hitting it with uh, Kincaid or Mayfield, though, is what we're looking for. For sure. For sure. Let's uh, move on to Mike Wilson. Okay. Mike, uh, Mike's been amazing. He's, what, 5 and 1? I think he's 5 and 1 right now this year. Yeah. 5 yeah. and 1. Mm-hmm. Um, his point totals are up there with the rest of them. You know, he's not too far away. For, you know, 611 points. Uh, Joe's blowing everybody away with 700, 746. But. After that, it's like six seventy-eight. So he's in the ballpark, you know, with 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 the high point getters right now, and um, you know, he really hit well. Bijan's been okay. He hasn't, you know, turned the world on fire just yet. But I think he, I think it's coming. Uh, but Ken Walker's been a revelation for him. Ken Walker's been awesome, you know, this season for him. And uh, Gabe Davis has been a touchdown machine, and that's really helped him out wide receiver wise. Uh, Zay Jones has been has been good when he's been healthy, um, but. Overall, Gar, what do you uh, what do you make of his draft so far? What do you make of his draft this year? Uh, the key was Walker because uh, Bijan Robinson uh, did what all the experts thought he was going to do. Uh, watching him at UT, I knew he had the potential to do it. He's done it. You know, I wasn't going to be high. I wasn't going to consider him in the first round, but yeah. Mike took him and ended up being a good pick. And so pairing him with Walker in the fourth. When you get, we always, I always talk about if you get those two running backs working for you, you can that'll make up for a lot of things. And so, Amari right. uh, Cooper is Amari Cooper. He's going to have big games. He's going to have duds because he's not elite. Uh, Gabe right. Davis had a streak of four or five games with a touchdown, so we're getting a good version of Gabe Davis this year. Right. He's got Prescott. Stroud was a good keeper, so he just has a good. He just has a really solid team with a little depth. Uh, Kittle, right. we've talked about him at length. He's still a decent tight end. Definitely overdrafted in the third round, but. Fitting into the context of everything else Mike did, uh, it ended up being uh, it's going to end up being a successful year for him. Even though we could nitpick Kittle in the third, Cooper in the second, but right. overall, getting those two running backs to pan out was the key for everything. For sure. And now here's what here's you know, of course I'm very I was very vocal. I'm not going to shy away from it saying I didn't like Mike's draft when I first looked at it. I really didn't. Okay. Um, his players have played well, uh, I think. But here's my thing with Mike's draft. Okay. I think this is a draft that you make when you've got a solid wide receiver keeper in one of the, you know round nine through fifteen because he went heavy running back round one round three or round one mm-hmm. round one went four okay is what he did I can't believe Ken Walker was there in four which is just mind boggling to me okay Carbonet was getting so much hype and he was he got him in the seventh I mean oh, that was well done too you know yeah I, I guess because he's not a keeper so it doesn't make sense you drafted no but just in case first. he was getting run in case there was an injury I think that was a good good spot to draft him in the seventh I could yeah. have seen him going in the fifth or sixth with the hype he was getting so I've never loved drafting handcuffs because they're essentially you're relying on hand, someone to get injured before you play and you don't know how that person's going to be I'd rather draft someone who I know is going to play and it's going to be better you know but I get yeah. I, I get yeah. the I get the I get the sentiment at least but 
Sometimes I think, man, in an 18-team league, you're so thin. You know, you just want to make sure you got it covered. So I, I can even see more of a need, and it, just as a theory, in uh, in an 18-team league than in a smaller league for him. That's fair. That's fair. But what we're looking at here is you got beat. You got you got running back, wide receiver, tight end, running back, quarterback, wide receiver. So you've got two wide receivers in rounds two and six is what you have. Okay, I think what Mike really could, if he's going to get Walker in four, right? I can't believe he passed up on DK Metcalf and went with Amari Cooper as opposed to DK or, you know, or I guess even Devonta Smith. I mean, I, I get, I maybe he has more faith in Deshaun Watson than we do. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Okay. But, you know, I, I really can't fault his draft too much. I think I might've punted on George Kittle a little bit and gone with, you know, a tight end and maybe five or six and got a better either quarterback or wide receiver or something like that in three. But Looking back on it, Gabe Davis has actually been good because he's been getting a lot of touchdowns. Now his volume sucks. Okay, he gets you know, I don't know. He gets he's had the highest amount of targets he's gotten is seven is eight, That's mainly, right. but it's been four, seven, four, three, eight, four. So you can only count on him for four targets. It looks like three, yeah, three, four targets a game. That's not what you want, obviously, out of your six round draft pick. But if you're catching touchdowns, then that kind of you know it levels it out. Is what it does. So. Is that sustainable moving forward? Don't know, but it's possible. Okay, but only for only for him and Christian Watson, Matt. That's right. Only you know? But I see what Mike did. Mike basically drafted his running backs, and he got their key. He got their handcuffs to go ahead and make sure that he didn't, you know, if something happens because he has Algier in thirteen. Which, um, you know, if, if Bijan goes down, then Algier takes everything essentially. But, Man, he would be a good. He'd be right up there as a top 10, 12 running back every. Yeah, probably would because actually, if you look at Algier right now, he doesn't really catch the ball very much. He does a little bit, but yeah, he's not like Bijan. Bijan's such a threat in the past. He doesn't, but based on the game flow, uh, Algier gets 15, 16 carries a game based on the based on the game flow. To be honest with you, you know, so it's uh, pound that rock, don't they? I mean, they're they're running it close to thirty times a game between these. For sure, I I think I would have liked my looking back on playing Saturday morning quarterback, Saturday afternoon quarterback. Excuse me, I would like this draft. Even more, I would like to strap more if he had a solid wide receiver keeper because then it's okay to load up on the running back and kind of miss out on the receivers. Because in this league, you can actually get really solid receivers rounds three through seven, usually speaking. You still have that ability to do that. You know, if you go like if you go wide receiver heavy three through six, maybe you've got pretty good chances of uh, of getting uh, you know, getting um, good, good, good receivers, so they're there. Uh, so if he had a wide receiver keeper where he's already got that in nine, it's I got no issue with him loading up on running back, you know, one through four. You know what I mean? But um, that's because if you don't, you start filling in uh, your wide receiver positions. Uh, Michael Wilson will start filling in with Michael Wilson, and maybe that's not yeah, really I know, right? Although <laughs> I'm looking at Mike, well, the other Mike would we'll call him the other Mike Wilson stats. He's been okay this year. He's definitely had his moments, you know. Maybe he's when, been okay maybe when yeah. Kyler comes back in a couple of weeks. He'll he'll start to emerge even more. Who knows? <laughs> right. I think from a personal perspective, though. I always want to see quarterbacks drafted in two or three because I think quarterbacks are so valuable in this league. They can make up for almost two players sometimes. You know, if you have a bad, if someone has a bad week, your quarterback gets 35 points and he has that ceiling to him. You know, I kind of, you know, and I guess, I guess the art of drafting in the fifth round is drafting a guy like Jared Goff who's acting like a second round draft pick, but you got him in the fifth. You know what I mean? So that's that, but you're only going to get like one of those a year, usually speaking. So, uh, Dak is being Dak basically is what he's being, you know? So it, it's, it's very tough to, you know, he's, 
I mean, Dak's really not been good compared to what he has been in previous years and everything like that. So I guess from a personal perspective, I would like to see a running a quarterback in two or three, uh, you know, and then he can fill in wide receivers after that. But that's just a personal perspective. But overall, hard to argue with what he's done. He's five and one. He's having a great season. Uh, it's always fun when Mike Wilson is good at fantasy football because then then everything else just gets better. Oh yeah, and if these, this team stays healthy, they're going to be a threat in the playoffs for sure. Absolutely, no question about that. So, all right, let's go over to Corey. Who's right after that? A Corey, plus, A plus, A plus, A plus. Moving on, moving on to Papa Giorgio. Okay, yep. no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, you know, I've talked to Corey and I've got a good idea of kind of what he looks to do, but go ahead, Garg, why don't you take it and let me, uh, let me know your thoughts. Um, yeah, AJ Brown in the first makes sense. You know, the more I kind of study Philadelphia, God, they're so run heavy with Hertz running the ball so much and just in general, but between the two, between Brown and Devontae, obviously you want to get Brown. You got to draft him a lot earlier to get that. Um, how has he done, Matt, this year? I think he's had a pretty good year. Let me go. Oh, over. AJ Brown's had a great, great season. I mean, Corey's okay, had a great. I won't, I won't, I won't, uh, I won't analyze that at nauseum. Then Joe Mixon's actually been pretty decent. I think he's actually returning that value. But as we always talk about, he didn't need to draft him there. He could have gotten him in the third round. Um, yeah. Hawkinson in the third. Is Hawkinson injured right now, or has he been playing? Uh, might, might be. No, he's fine. No, he's fine. Okay, so let's see. Pocket now I'm on his team, so I can look at it. So Hawkinson, thirty six, four hundred fifty three, had a very he's had a great, very good he's had a very good year. So great, that ended up being a very good pick there. Uh, Kirk, I like Kirk. I thought that was a good pick there. Addison's been a good pick. Uh, Dylan's actually been, you know, he gets volume. He hasn't really been doing much with, and so you know things like you know he drafted Evan McPherson in the seventh round, San Francisco in the eighth round. Although I mean, let's look at it. San Francisco. I believe they've definitely returned at least eighth round value. They've had some they good are. weeks: thirty-three, forty-nine, fifty-six, seventy-seven. Uh, no, you know they're averaging like uh, thirteen points a game, and so still a good defense though. So overall, I'm looking at this. Did he do anything really good late? Oh yeah, well he drafted Clyde edwards helaire in the thirteenth round, so you know. How can we not give him a good good grade for that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Singletary in the 14th round looks like he might end up, you know, taking some run away from Pierce here. So overall, you know, with uh, uh, the first two picks kind of panning out as he would expect three picks, Kirk being good, Addison being a really good pick in the in the fifth round besides that one dud of a week and without Jefferson now. I mean, this team is, is certainly a threat. I mean, Watson not being in there, that hurts him. So he's been rolling with Sam Howe. So. Um, but can we really fault him having Hal, having Watson in the draft? No, but now he's got to kind of lean on Hal a little bit more. Um, so, and how is, let's see how Hal has done. Oh, he's done great. Uh, Hal's been awesome, actually. He's, he's been, been very great. good, though. So, he's been great. Uh, he's got he a lot of sacks. As well. Mm-hmm. He, he takes a lot of sacks where there's an injury worry with him, but his point total is really hard to argue. Yeah, with. and game flow should usually be pretty good for Washington, even though they've shown some moments on defense too and being able to compete a little bit more this year. So, you know, overall, just a really, really solid draft in the BFC. I mean, you know, he's right up there with Mike Wilson, and these two should certainly be in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, and what I, what I know about Corey, Corey doesn't really – Corey's strategy is to fill his positions right on his roster, right, that he wants to fill. And then kind of backload from there. That's kind yeah, of what, like what Stephen Polakoff does, right? He, dra- yeah. he makes sure he drafts a kicker in a defense early. And you, right. know, you could be successful doing these types of things because you, you could skin that GFL draft cat in a lot of ways. And what Corey's main idea was, he wanted to get somebody who was going to be in the top 10 of their position with his first, uh, with, with some of his main players. So look at A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's going to be a top 10 receiver. He's been great this year. Um, I think he went early on Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's not going to be a top 10 running back, but Hawkinson will be a top 10, um, what do you call it, a top 10 uh, tight end, okay? 
Uh, 49ers defense should be a top 10 defense. And, you know, um, let's see here. I think he thinks Deshaun Watson is going to be a top 10 quarterback, which he could. He could be, you know. And, uh, of course, McPherson, top 10. He needs to play for that to happen, Matt. Yeah, I know, right? So I think that's what he's looking to do. And I know that's actually not what I think. I know he's looking to do. We talked about his strategy before. And I don't disagree with his strategy at all. It's different than what you would get from a fantasy football website or something like that, right? But it's kind of an old-school, traditional strategy, you know. And and his big – his the, the, what's going to set Corey over the edge are his fourth and fifth round picks, which is what I've always said. What have I been saying for the last three years? If you knock out, if you get three of your first five picks right, you're going to be in the you're you're going to probably be in the semifinals or close to it. Okay, if you get four of them right, you're probably you got a shot at winning the championship. Okay, so he's got one, two, three, four of his first five picks are doing great. Okay, so. Uh, you know, Christian Kirk's been a great addition. As, as Ridley has kind of gone down, Kirk has really risen, okay? And uh, with, with Jefferson going out, Addison's been great too, okay? And so it's uh, it, A.J. Brown has been fantastic. So Corey is really putting up some numbers. And, uh, and as from an actual strategy point of view, it's that old-school strategy, which I don't disagree with. Um, but I think he's done really well. And this isn't this whole, you know, you know, wokeness, you know, that's shit that we make fun of and everything like that. This is actually for real. He's had a good draft. And, you know, with Sam Howell doing what he's doing, he's got an 11th round keeper if he wants it, you know. And, um, and you know, the two most important positions to have keepers on, in my opinion, are running backs and quarterbacks. If you have those guys there, it can really set your draft up well. And he had that with Deshaun, and he might have that again with Howell. I would argue, I think he might end up nailing all five picks. I think Mixon is, is more of a, we know him, he's a late season running back. He's averaging only 11 points a game. He's not returning that value right now, but I can tell he's getting the volume. So For sure. And he looks okay out there. I've watched him a little bit. So he could really nail all five picks. So he'll definitely... <laughs> be a threat in the playoffs you know? without a doubt i want to talk about his 13th round pick you know you talk about pacheco having a good year i mean how big is it of pacheco? it's always about the guys who have come before you so how big is it of pacheco to be willing with andy reed and to, what i've heard he's been voluntarily stepping aside to give edward Siller those first couple ceremonial carries of the game uh because of what he's meant to the franchises and just the nfl in general so i think that well, really shows a lot about pacheco and um you know just I guess with with uh, with uh, with him at that point drafting him in the thirteenth round, uh, you know you're kind of looking for other. He was unfortunately he just drafted the name Edward Tiller just isn't quite what he used to be, Matt. Well, you know what happens is is you have to respect the legends that came before you is what you have to do. So Pacheco is understanding of this and he's letting Hilaire get his farewell tour in is what he's doing, you know because. There's a legend that came before him, okay? You know, when Patrick Mahomes vouches for you, you have to get at least three carries a game, minimum, okay? You have to get that. So if Mahomes vouches for you on the in the in uh, for the draft, then, you know, no questions asked. You got to go ahead and get that done, you know? But what they're doing is they're bundling their carries, you know, so it works out well for uh, Mahomes and works out well for the running backs. I mean, do you think they'll retire Hilaire's number next year? I mean, you think of the Chiefs, you think Len Dawson, Christian Okoye, yeah. uh, guys like that. And then, really, the next guy that comes to mind is uh, is Hilaire. Well, I think they'll have his ret- his retired well before they have uh, Mahomes or, uh, or Kelsey's retired, and, and rightfully so. Right place. I mean, it took it took Derek Thomas like I think four or five years to get his retired, so his number retired. Hilaire should be there in a year or 
to. I mean, he'll probably enter the Ring of Honor next season at some point in time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but all right, moving on to we got one, two, three teams left. Let's go ahead and look at Pot uh, Nick's team now. Uh, we said Nick's team could be great or could be terrible. I think it really depend on Tua and and that and Tua's. I mean, Tua's been really really good, obviously. And Nick's Nick's. I I can't believe Nick's two and four. I think is what he is. But he's starting to show some wins here. And uh, believe it or not, he's actually in a playoff spot. Uh, for the VFC because of his points scored. Nick's got 678 points scored, which is the second most, yeah, second most in the league right now. You know, so Nick's team is really putting up points. Keenan Allen's been fantastic. Um, Gar, what do you think about his draft? Uh, you know, what in terms of the strategy, what do you think about Nick's draft? Um, it's hard to, to question Nick. He's just been so successful, made the playoffs seven out of eight years, uh, yeah. had a run of bad luck here to start. Uh, last end of last year and this year, which is just kind of inevitable. It's just the law of averages in fantasy football. Starting mm-hmm. to get it back together. And, I mean, uh, you look at his draft. I mean, I really would question the most Waller in the third round. Let me just check him real quick. He's had a, a couple of good days, 19, 24, 29, 45, 54. So he's, he's only averaging like nine points a game. So not a good pick in the third round. But other than that, man, you look at the first six rounds. But Waller's still a good guy to have on your team. So he hit five out of his six first-round picks, and Waller's a starting tight end. So, I mean, I don't see much after that. You know, you got, oh, she, I hear Harlow, Matt. She, 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 she wants to analyze. Again. She, yeah, she late, wants to analyze. late to the party. She wants to analyze. She's listening to your uh, to your, to your draft strategy here, Gar. She wants to analyze the I team. thought she heard about the new product line. That's why. No, she, no. She always no, seems we, to make an appearance during Ronco weeks. Those are, uh, those are, the, those are a bit above her, uh, her, her age restriction. <laughs> 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 but looking at his draft, I mean, Sutton's been pretty good this year. So nailing, you know, five of those six picks, I mean, Nick should probably make the – I mean, he's going to have a good chance of making the playoffs in the in the VFC. Pollard's been great. Allen's been great. Two has been great. He's a big threat. I think so, too. And I, that's why I posed the question when Graw was on the uh... – uh, when Graw was on the podcast, basically saying, is Nick the best team in the VFC, and is he going to win the VFC, right? And you had somehow punted on both, but bought both of them at the same time, you know, so I thought that was interesting, you know? And, <laughs> hey, it's the GFL, it's the GFL, Matt. Exactly, not the not the MFL, which is probably the quote of the year, to be perfectly honest with you. you know? but, uh, yeah, hard to argue with the strategy. Pollard's been great, Allen's been great, Waller's been eh, but Tua's been fantastic and everything like that as well, and... DeAndre, you know, you have to get one of your later on picks to hit, right? DeAndre Swift's obviously hit in a humongous way, you know, and Cortland Sutton is starting to come around. So his his picks are, let's see, we got running back, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback. No issue with that. No issue with that lineup right there in turn. Bye. So Harlow's saying bye. So there you go. So, uh, you know, it's it's one I'm of those. Surprised she's not con- she's not crying because you didn't let her actually get on air and say. Something. No, no, actually, I'm surprised she didn't start screaming. That's bad. That's big time. So. Uh, she's probably going to come back in here, though, you know, sooner or later. But uh, no issue with actually the the strategy itself. I like it, and he's and you know the players have hit too. So uh, Nick, I mean Nick's, you know, Nick's got a team, and 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 you know he's done really well. Curtis Samuel, twelfth uh, round draft pick, has been great actually. Okay, Jaden Reed was really good too for a little while. Uh, you know, uh, Packers defense has been pretty decent. You know, for the most part, I'm not sure if he still has them or not. But you know, if he did, they've been actually pretty decent. But uh, thank you, thank you. 
So sorry, uh, but overall, you know, a real good draft from a uh, real good draft from Nick. No issue with the strategy itself too. I really like that uh, what he's done, uh, and I expect nothing less from Nick as well. You know? Matt, we have such a skeleton crew today. I mean, it's good to have any help in the studio we can get. So I actually appreciate her being there. Yeah, for sure. She's she uh, probably pulls more weight than John. She is. She's organizing the post-its right now by taking all of them out and then putting them back together. So that's lovely. You know, let's do that. She's giving you your cue card post it. That's good. Oh, yeah. For you sure. don't have as much help today as you normally do. No, I really I really don't. Uh, I'm not really sure where my other help is right now, but we'll uh, we'll get that situated, okay? So, <laughs> All right, Gar, why don't you go ahead and take uh, take Lane's team right now. We got Lane coming up, and then Kurt will we'll end up with Kurt. Yeah, I was, I was going to play a clip from last week. I just didn't have time. We're just rushing to – I only had 13 days to get things ready, Matt. But, oh, yeah, uh, 13. We talked I mean, last – we talked – I'm sorry, what you say? <laughs> yeah, 13 days is just terrible. So we talked last time we gathered on this podcast about how we were talking about the matchup with Wilson uh, from the week before and how uh, it was just so I couldn't really pick Lane because of just he's so snake bitten by bad GFL karma. So we expected that to continue. And so he lost the mic by oh less than a point last week. And point nine four, point nine six, something like that. We're all talked about six man of the year. Dalton Schultz, who he traded for for me, got another touchdown for the second straight week, left on the bench, played Ferguson instead, who had a dud the previous week too. So another horrible managerial decision by uh, – not horrible, but just another bad one by Lane that cost him yet another victory. I mean, he should be in the GFL, firmly in the, in the BFC playoff hub, but he's not because a lot of – just – what I don't understand about your trade with, with, uh, with Lane, right? Here's what I understand about it. Lane's trading away two guys. Fine. Go ahead and trade away. It's no problem. But he hasn't once played the I don't think he's played the guys once, has he? Or or, or, or no. I don't I don't know if he's played Let's them. See, are they in are they are, are they in there this week? Let's look at I don't it. know, but they were, they've been on the bench the last two weeks that, that uh, I think the last two weeks that since the trades happened. I just don't understand why trade if you're not going to play the players. You know, that's something I just I don't think I understand, you know. He has Dobbs in again. He has well, the lineup's not officially set. We won't know until you know until uh, until you know. It's probably the game. set. So no, he has not played Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's at home against Green Bay. I mean, um, Dobbs is at Seattle. I mean, Seattle's been good. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt. As bad as Russell Wilson was last week against KC, that was on the road. He's at home against Green Bay. Their defense is bad. You would think Green Bay might be able to put up some points themselves. So yeah. I don't know why Russell Wilson's not there. I don't know why he didn't play uh, Schultz last week. So yeah, I just I'm just confused. You know, I, I guess I'm just a little confused as to why make it's a, he's in his own head. I mean, we don't see this a lot. It's like a, a, a golfer that has the yips who can't finish a three foot putt. You know, right for sure. You know, I just uh, yeah, but you know, looking at Lane, this is a very Lane draft. Obviously, he's a very heavy wide receiver. You got it. Oh, good stuff. Go ahead and go that way. Sorry, Gar. My bad. No. <laughs> Okay. Um, no, but no. It. What I'm looking at with Lane, there's two wide receivers, tight end, running back. Okay. Um, I think the running back. I think your main running back in four. I, I think that's late. Okay. I do think that's late. All right. And, and especially Garrett Wilson. Now he's expecting Aaron Rodgers to be throwing to Garrett Wilson. Right. And everyone kind of expected Aaron Wilson. Excuse me. Uh, Garrett Wilson to be a monster because he had Aaron Rodgers thrown to him, right? So I get, yeah. I understand the pick there. It's not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go nuts about double wide receiver, and um, I think he put a lot on Daniel Jones though to be be kind of the playoff Daniel Jones from last year, as opposed to anything else, you know. So uh, overall, I mean, David Montgomery's been great for him, I, you know. But I, you know, looking at this. 
when he went double running back in four and five, I get that. But I, if it was me, I probably would have flipped that. I probably would have gone double running back in one and two because you still have very productive receivers in rounds three through six. Now, Montgomery's had a great season, but no one really saw this one coming or anything like that. You've just got a lot more consistency with receivers in three through six as opposed to running backs in three through six. You know what I mean? Yeah, he also went early on Goddard. Uh, he's more of a probably fourth-round guy. Early fourth, but uh, but he drafted him very late third, so maybe that wasn't. And Goddard just didn't produce until he got on my team. He's had a uh, decent week last week and a great week the first week. So yeah, for didn't sure. pan out. Aaron Jones has been in and out of the lineup. And stuff. Montgomery's done a lot better. I think the people thought gives a lot less run, but he's also injured now. So. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to go swing apparently so this is gonna this is certainly gonna help our ratings guard no question about it okay no. well, it just shows how kid friendly we are it's a very child friendly podcast without a doubt why you keep hitting yeah. us with the explicit rating i don't know it, it, it might be the home sex it's change such a, it's such a family show it might be the home sex change kid. here you go but uh hey, last it's, one 20, it's 2023 man that shouldn't that shouldn't move the needle without a doubt but Last but not least, let's go ahead and take our uh, our lone Texas Rangers fan, um, who's got to be hurting right now, big time. But you know, a series not over. They can certainly take two from te- two from Houston at home, like they already done it once before. So uh, let's look at Kurt here. Okay, Kurt. Hopefully, he cares more about uh, the rain. It seems like he may care more about the Rangers than setting his own lineup, Matt. You know what, though, Kurt texts. Without, without I'll give Kurt. I'll give, I'll give Kurt this credit. Okay, Kurt texted me on the side. Um, and was asking about how we do our defenses and how, um, you know, kind of like, can he explain the, can I explain the uh, defensive waiver wire to him? And, and we kind of talked about fantasy football. I don't know, probably exchanged about, I don't know, maybe eight to 10 text messages back and forth. So Kurt's invested. I think he just had a bad couple of weeks, you know, that's what it is, you know. And so Kurt's a good dude. Um, every time I've talked to him, it's been really, it's been awesome. You know, he's been an awesome guy. So. Great contributor uh, on the text thread too. So you know. he has been, you know, and his his texts are always. You don't see, you know, like I'm a volume guy with my texts, right? You, you're a volume guy. Mike Wilson's a volume guy. Kurt's a substance guy, so his his, his he doesn't always talk but when he does. They're gems, usually speaking. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's he he's he's really good with it. Yeah, and, uh, but um, he's got to put up with a lot of Astros fans in there. So yeah, he gave more, some press, some props for that last night. He appreciated that for sure. More power to him. But he's on the fringe of a playoff spot in the VFC just based on points. He's out of it right now. Uh, two and four. Uh, Gar, go ahead and take his strategy and see how we're doing with this. I, you know, I do like the Barkley Jacobs. I mean, again, yeah. I always would like, if possible, if you're in the right spot, to get those two kind of running backs that Wilson has. That Troy has uh, really the kind of Kurt has too. Uh, Jacobs is just Matt's big on you know guys coming off holdouts or injuries. You got to be wary yeah. of Jacobs has really not returned second round value. At least he's healthy though, so there's there's a chance for him moving forward to right. end up returning that. DJ Moore has had some huge weeks uh, lately, uh, so he actually is coming close to returning that third round value. Uh, value Pitts. Uh, he's definitely getting volume again, so he's performing. He's returning. He's starting to return his value. Uh, Cooks is just getting old, I guess. He has not returned his value. I mean, he drafted in the fifth round, and, you know, it's kind of a homer pick with the Cowboys with, with Kurt. So. And Geno in the sixth round, very disappointing this year, fantasy-wise. Oh, hasn't yeah. Done, hasn't done what he – or maybe it shouldn't be disappointing. Maybe it's just Geno Smith. And so, uh, other than that, I picked Kurt to go to the playoffs. I like the Barkley-Jacobs combo. I always favor that. Uh, okay. so, uh, wait, does, does Harlow agree with that or does she, not? she does? She does. Yeah. She agrees with that. it. She agrees with it while you're, while she's looking at her lipstick, man. I don't know where my help is right now, but, uh, 
Uh, I guess I think, uh, I, think I think you're I think uh, uh, you're Madison, not Alex Madison. Alexander Madison is trying to send you a message that this I, I guess so. I, I, I guess I guess my time ran out apparently on this one, but so. But overall, uh, I think it's a it's a good draft. He's going to have a uh, chance to make the playoffs with uh, health permitting. Uh, he's he's been kind of juggling that second wide receiver. So another team like Wilson that just doesn't have the wide receiver depth and really. Not just depth. At least Wilson has two viable starters. He's looking for a second viable starter, Kurt. Yeah, you know, I, and from a draft perspective, I this is what I think Lane should have probably done. Okay, here's what I think where Kurt made his mistake a little bit. Right, is I would have, I would have, I really like Barkley and Jacobs right, right there. Okay, I probably would have passed on DJ Moore. So we got one, two. He's got three on the way back. Well, I get I get why he didn't go quarterback there because the quarterbacks available at that time. You had two of but two was a wild two at that point was a wild card. So I get why he didn't draft him. I mean, I do okay, but in a perfect world, I probably would have gone quarterback or uh, quarterback right there. I would have moved wide receiver down to about six probably at that point in time, you know, and then gone heavy on the quarterback from there. You know what I mean? Or excuse me, heavy on the wide receiver from there. So. That's the only thing I because I, I do like the double the double running back. I have no issue with that now. Okay, seeing how important running backs are, especially for people who don't have them, you know. So, uh, so that's what I. Yeah, you're back. I know you are back. Thank you, baby. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's what I would say. Uh, that's what I would say. And uh, overall, though, I don't really have too much issue now. I I don't like the fact that he waited till six on a on a quarterback. I think that's too late in this league, especially because when you think about it. If you're waiting at six for a quarterback, that's essentially like you're waiting till 12, 10 or 12 uh, in a 12 team league or something like that. And that, that's tough, man, when you, uh, because at that point in time, what you're looking to do in a 12 team league is you're going to hopefully get, you're hopefully going to get quarterbacks that are, bye, baby. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Uh, you're hopefully going to get quarterbacks that are good for like a week or two, but you're going to stream them more than likely is what you're going to do. Okay. Especially with the 12 team league. And so, don't love that. Don't love that situation there. So I think he should have. He should have gone quarterback earlier. That's just my personal stuff. But overall, I really don't fault him going double or double running back uh, and uh, wide receiver. I just think you take Kyle Pitts and move that t- move that tight end position down a little bit further. And then um, that's that's probably what I would have done. And but overall, you know, Kurt's had a decent season because Dallas's defense has been really really good. Been a really good keeper for him too. So. Um, you know, hard for me to really argue. <laughs> he's had argue. a good VFC season at two and four. It wouldn't be the way in, that way in the GFC. But hey, man, no. at least he's drafting a quarterback in the sixth and not ninth or tenth like Kevin. Yeah, I, I just can't get on board with that, especially seeing how valuable uh, quarterbacks are, especially in this league. I know they're valuable in every league, but this one, especially when you have uh, depth issues and stuff like that with uh, with having so many teams there, I think it's tough, man. But uh, overall, I don't mind the draft because, you know, he's sitting at 617 points, I think is what his uh, – or six eleven, how many? Uh, six seventeen. So um, it would be down further in the via in the GFC, you know. But uh, you know, Gross four and two at five hundred sixty four points, and Kurtz two and four at six hundred seventeen. So it just depends on who you play. Sometimes, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I guess that's a wrap. Hour and twenty minute wrap there, man. The right, right on one twenty one on the dot, right there. How about really? That? It's like an hour and thirty when you think about the first take. <laughs> I know, right? It is. So I think that's why uh, I think that's why my hopes getting a little upset at me right now. But you know, but <laughs> overall, overall, Gar, this was uh, I actually really enjoyed kind of analyzing the teams and going from my expert expert opinion. Uh, expert is a very loosely used term, obviously, with that. But 
Uh, no, it was, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, man. It was always fun. So it was good, uh, man. And I'll, I'll just, I'll just sit here and wait for the next one. It's going to be in like, you know, 44 hours or something. 44 hours. I know. And we won't have any interruptions next time because that one should be prime time. Okay. This is more of the afternoon matinee, but this is more prime. Next time will be prime time. So we'll be able to kind of get, uh, no interruptions. Uh, but uh, you know, of course, uh, hearing that sweet, sweet voice, how can you go wrong with that? Okay. Oh yeah. And it's like I said, such a skeleton crew in here. It was, it was great having a special, a special <laughs> guest. We weren't, we weren't expecting. All right, Carl. Final thoughts for the day, boss. Anything? No, I just want to, you know, I'm going to lead us out. We were playing that royalty free. I'm switching up the song. I didn't get any requests for it this week. So I found a song, Matt, and I'm not sure if it's royalty free, but we'll just identify it as royalty free. So it'll count. That's all that matters. All right, guys. Well, I'll see, we'll see y'all in two days. Guys, fellas, 48 hours. Go from there and go Strohs. Oh, man.